welcome back to the HR Grapevine podcast, the podcast series that takes an in-depth look at one of the most fascinating, important or divisive HR stories from over the last week. I'm Sophie Power, online editor at HR Grapevine, and each week I'll be joined by a different HR journalist as we explore the contemporary practice and most pressing debates in HR. Today, I'm joined by Kieran Howes, Deputy Editor at Executive Grapevine Digital Media. So welcome back, Kieran. Thanks very much. It's, uh, it's really good to be here. We are in strange times, but um, at least we're in strange times as a team. Yes, absolutely. Well, as I said, it's great to have you back on the HR Grapevine podcast. Um, and this week, we will, of course, be talking about coronavirus. As I'm sure many of you will be aware, the outbreak has clearly dominated global news agendas and is obviously something that we've covered quite heavily on HR Grapevine. Um, It's obviously halted travel, changed the ways that businesses are currently operating and has caused a lot of general disruption and I guess concern for businesses about how they will be continuing going forwards. Um, But with thousands of Brits quickly shifting to a more remote working arrangement to help contain the spread of the virus, it's very important that employers and HR alike do everything in their power to ensure that staff have the right tools and resources to continue business as usual, and also to ensure that staff are communicated with effectively to prevent any unnecessary stress or anxiety. So today we're going to talk about some new research from the PR consultancy Taito, which found a stark disconnect between employers and employees amid the outbreak. So the research found that 14% of UK office workers have been instructed to work from home full time by the employer um, during the coronavirus outbreak. The research exposed a significant disparity between the action taken by employers in the midst of the outbreak and the employee desire for measures to be taken more swiftly. The research found that only just over a third of those polled believed that their employer was actually ready for compulsory working arrangements, which potentially shows the lack of preparedness. While less than half of employees are confident that their employer has the correct technology infrastructure in place in order to enable them to work productively and securely from home. So these stats really do point towards a stark disconnect between employers and their staff. And if it's not managed effectively, this could cause problems for productivity, morale and commercial success. Um, It's important that this disconnect is nipped in the bud, given that the government guidelines now suggest that staff should work remotely where possible. And it is unclear as to how long this guidance will stand for. So I think really the first question, Kieran, is how can employers manage a disconnect between themselves and staff if it seems to be apparent? Well, um, it's a very interesting question. And I think, firstly, um, the thing I'd like to say is that I think there's quite a big misconception around the desire to work from home. Uh, You know, while studies such as uh, this one I found from Deloitte found that um, 76% of workers would be more willing to stay in a job if remote working was available and 24% more likely to be happier uh, and more productive, the vast majority actually don't see this as a viable long-term solution and don't want it to be a viable long-term solution. Working uh, remotely full time for an extended period can actually be like really, really devastating for mental health, especially in a time of crisis when everyone's already heightened and anxieties are high. Uh, Ryan Hooper, a clinical psychologist from Chicago, um, recently told Huffington Post they were discussing a similar issue. Um, And he said that many workers find that their anxiety skyrockets uh, when they work from home and lines between work life and home life really start to blur. So I think 
realizing that your staff aren't going to be sunbathing in the back garden like Ferris Bueller um, is actually a really, really important step to, to making that relationship work. Once an employer understands that, um, sharing a bond of trust and transparency, it has to be the next step. This means relieving anxiety around remote working by empowering your staff to work autonomously uh, whilst maintaining positive communication via Slack or Teams or Skype. You know, that's absolutely essential. I think trust definitely is a key point in this instance. Um, And when speaking to Beth Evans, who is an HR consultant at an employment law firm, Robinson Ralph, um, she cited three key things that can help employers rectify a disconnect between them and their staff. So this included communication, um, processes and policies around dependence. So on the communication side of things, um, Beth said, communication between managers and staff will be absolutely key. And it will be fundamental to ensure that individuals are treated as adults, whilst also providing enough explanatory detail so that they understand the reasoning behind certain unpopular decisions. So, for example, things such as unpaid leave, which is something that we saw Virgin Atlantic um, ask staff to take up to eight weeks um, of unpaid leave earlier this week. Um, So Beth said that merely explaining that something is happening isn't enough and staff really should be kept in the loop about why these changes are happening. So communicate all of these changes and the reasons behind them with staff. Secondly, um, she said that when staff are asked to work remotely, teams will want to feel connected and it is crucial that employees have um, access to the right equipment. So whether this is laptops, headphones, mobile phones... Uh, or even on a long-term basis, things such as um, the right desk facilities, chairs and lighting may also need to be considered. Particularly for those that haven't worked remotely before, um, this could be a more anxiety-inducing t- like period of time for them. So it's definitely good to consider how best to create a collaborative environment, even when people aren't physically in an office together, um, and communicating that with your staff. And finally... Um, HR need to give some thought to policies surrounding dependence. So Beth said to me, um, employers will also need to remind staff of their policies around family commitments, such as dependence leave and family-friendly policies. One approach will be to consider creating a set of FAQs to help people negotiate the new norms of working from home. And particularly for HR teams, they need to give extra thought to working parents if the schools do close and provide a little more flexibility um, about when they can catch up on work. So, for example, in the evening. And actually, at the time of recording the podcast, um, we've just got a news bulletin um, explaining that schools in Scotland and Wales are set to close from Friday. So it's very possible that this will be making its way um, into England as well. Seems like an inevitability, really. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so um, moving on to the next point. If workforces are being forced into remote working and there are few people physically in the office, how can HR go about creating a culture and an environment that keeps employees engaged and productive when when they're not around their colleagues? So the first step really is to ensure that whilst they may be remote, um, they're not actually ever isolated. Uh, with the with the power of modern technology, there's really no reason why they can't see your face twice a day every day or stay connected via group chats and conference calls. You know, feeling connected is absolutely essential for continued engagement. Alienated employees do not do well. We know this, um, especially as the days potentially uh, turn into weeks as this virus develops more and more, Um, you know, which is looking like 
yeah, it's looking like it's going to happen. So some businesses, um, and this is something that, you know, we ourselves um, have experience in, are trying to keep up with town hall meetings digitally, uh, which is oftentimes when work is celebrated throughout the company and the whole company comes together. So I think, um, you know, losing that would be a devastating blow for connectivity. Um, so, yeah, ideas like this make a big difference, in my opinion. I think, secondly, whilst work is conducted digitally, your staff still need a physical space ready to be productive in. That's comments we've already heard back that up. So facilitating this by ensuring that staff have all the tools they need to work is essential. Um, as already pointed out, this can mean anything from screens and keyboards to lights, printers and office chairs. Um, lastly, it comes back to the idea, I think, of empowerment. Um, so if your employees know that you trust them and you're willing them to succeed in this challenging environment, um, they're going to be a lot less anxious and people who are a lot less anxious can dedicate their more of their you know functioning power to being successful, getting on with work, diving in. So earlier this week, HR Grapevine um, ran a story on some of the the novel um, remote working setups um, that have just been circulating on Twitter. So there are things like people have um, set up their laptop in the bathroom on top of a stack of um, stockpiled loo rolls. Mm, um, so, yeah, so that they can continue washing their hands regularly. Um, we've seen a lot of people that have been um, kept company by their pets um, as well. So lots of different, as I said, lots of different um, remote working setups that have circulated. Um, but given that, you know, this may well be the norm for a little while, do you have three tips for making remote working a success for Kieran? I mean, I definitely don't recommend stacking your laptop on a pile <laughs> no, of No, I don't think I would either. <laughs> um, you know, personally, I have um, quite a lot of experience of remote working. I've worked um, freelance as a journalist before in the past. So I'd like to think that I've learned a thing or two and I'm happy to impart some of that knowledge. Firstly, it's really important that you designate somewhere in your house or flat as your work zone. That is your new office. Uh, when you go to work, don't just sink into the sofa or stay in bed and, you know, potentially go back to sleep. Um, it'll be devastating for your productivity if you do these things. You know, they blur the lines between work day and personal life. Um, and that is not a good situation to be in. Um, you know, the second one is banish all distractions. I personally have ADHD. And so I know that if I see a loose piece of wallpaper in my home study, I really am going to have to control the urge to get out a ladder and fix it. Probably when I'm on the ladder, I'll notice something else that needs fixing as well. And, you know, half the day's gone. Um, for most people, it's obviously not that drastic. But if you have a TV blaring in the background or even the radio on, or you're browsing YouTube or Facebook, these are all excellent ways of losing countless hours to an activity. Um, and then finally, thirdly, uh, when I work from home, I get up at the normal time exactly like I'm going into the office. I almost pretend that's what I'm doing. Um, I shower, I get dressed, I, you know, go for a walk. I try and kind of get all of the bits that I get done in the morning done um, before I would normally leave for work. And then instead of leaving the door, I just go up to my study and that's where I work. 
this is a way for me personally to differentiate my work life and my home life, um, which is something that's really, really important to do. And this way you don't succumb to the pitfalls of waking up five seconds before you're, you know, you're, you're meant to start work or you don't end up, you know, checking the alarm and realizing that you slept until midday and all of your colleagues are angry at you because you're not pulling your weight. Um, and, and, you know, this goes for after work too. When the workday is over, close your laptop and go and do something else. Don't fall into a trap of just working until 10pm at night every night because you will burn out. I think that's a great tip. A lot of people have been forced into remote work and when they didn't or don't necessarily want to do that. Um, but I think what Kieran said about segregating your personal professional life is very, very important. But just before we wrap up, I thought this would be a good note to end on. Um, So Dan Levin, who is a company boss from Chicago, recently told the New York Times that no employer has a playbook for tackling coronavirus. So there is no right or wrong way at all. While this is true to a certain extent, being transparent, communicating effectively and sharing best practice with one another is a great way to keep ahead of the game and ensure that both staff and the business have everything that they need to make it through. And as part of the knowledge sharing that I was just talking about, um, our editorial team have recently produced a long read article on what HR should know about coronavirus. Um, within this, we spoke to several HR and legal experts um, and also employers to find out what the people functions should be implementing to safeguard both the business and staff, as well as the latest recommendations from the government, ACAS and NHS. So all of these tips really are just to demonstrate how HR can lead and should react during this turbulent time. So for any of you wanting to find out more, I will leave a link to the article um, below it's a pretty good resource we're quite proud of it unfortunately that's all we've got time for today hr grapevine wouldn't exist without your continued readership and engagement with our content whether that's our daily newsletters monthly magazines webinars live events or market leading research papers so to find out more or to sign up to our daily content newsletter which also showcases solutions and best practice answers to all of your hr issues please visit www.hrgrapevine.com Thank you.